three, two, one. Thanks for joining us this week on Kentucky Caliber. We're going to be talking about a couple of topics. The first one is disinformation and how organizations in the United States make money uh, from disinformation. I, I call it monetized disinformation. For folks who use the misinformation and disinformation to get elected or to, to gain popularity, that, that is what I would call uh, weaponized misinformation or weaponized disinformation. But folks that are doing it uh, just for a, a profit, or just to make money from it, that's what I call monetizing disinformation. We're going to get to that in just a second. And then the second topic I wanted to talk briefly about was a, a troubling trend of emerging political violence in the United States, which is especially relevant since we're in an election year in 2022. So we're going to talk about a couple of examples from that. First, though, on the subject of, of disinformation and misinformation, really, you know, first, to, just to define our terms, when we say, you know, what is misinformation, what is disinformation? Well, they're both, they're, they're kind of two sides of the same coin. It's, fa it's things that are presented to the public or to individuals as true and factual when they actually are not true or factual. They're either wholly or partly fictitious. In other words, uh, they contain either deliberate lies uh, unintentional errors, intentional errors, or both. So they're just sort of a mixture of things that are that are not true, maybe half true, um, or straight up fabrications and and dishonest uh, statements. So that's that's kind of how I would define misinformation and disinformation. And the particular kind that I'm talking about this week, since we've we've for the past few weeks been talking about the findings of the January sixth committee hearings in Congress in Washington D.C. And this is relevant to that because disinformation is being monetized by folks who continue to repeat the lies Donald Trump told about the 2020 election. And some of those folks are making uh, pretty significant money from repeating and spreading those lies. And, I, and I'm not just talking about news organizations that want to drive ratings by repeating things that aren't true to, to incite an audience that believes that they're not, that believes in those lies anyway, although that's certainly part of it. But more specifically, I'm talking about a video and a, a book which is forthcoming by Dinesh D'Souza called 2000 Mules. Someone, I was on talk radio uh, on the Jack Patty show, I think either last week or week before last, and someone called in and asked about it. I, I had heard of it, but the reason why, you know, I said I, I hadn't read it because it's not published until August. So I went back on Amazon and, and looked to see, and it says, you know, you can, you can, it's, there's a heading for it if you search for it for the book, but it says it won't be published until August. So I, there's no way I can read it yet because it's not available. Um, the video, there's a video version, which you can buy on DVD. I've, I've looked around to try to find um, an online or a streaming version of that video, and I've only been able to find bits and pieces of it. I haven't been able to find the entire thing yet. Uh, for free anyway, because they either a paywall comes up or a subscription uh, comes up that looks kind of shady. So I'm, I'm certainly not going to put in my personal information uh, just to get that. But there are some clips that you can you can see from the website itself, and there's a couple of other places that have posted. Uh, if you go to the, there's a 2000 Mules website itself, and they have a trailer on there which contains a couple of minutes of the footage, which by itself is is quite revealing actually. Um, 
So the, the premise behind this, it calls itself a documentary. Um, it's not a documentary. Just based on the available footage, uh, it certainly doesn't meet the standards uh, or the criteria required to be uh, properly called a documentary. It's more of an entertainment piece presenting itself as a documentary. But, but anyway, the, um, the opening footage um, makes the case that it's going to show you this is what they claim, by the way, not, not what I'm claiming. The, the 2000 Mules video purports to be able to prove that Donald Trump was actually telling the truth about 2020, and it says it's going to provide a whole bunch of evidence to prove it. And the first thing they offer is a clip of, from the video where they talk to an organization, a nonprofit, which is called True the Vote. And the video shows a bunch of guys in what looks like an operations center or a command center, hunched over computers, using all kinds of what looks like high-tech surveillance gear, and they're, they're telling the audience that they've, been, they've had all the voting sites under surveillance, and they've seen all these irregularities, and they've got them on video, and they're going to share them. Um, and so, you know, it, it's designed to appeal to the base of voters out there who still believe Donald Trump's lies about the 2020 election by purporting to offer proof, even though it actually never does. The more interesting thing about that um, True the Vote, if you do a little a little online research, because it's a 501c3, which is a nonprofit. Well, I've been the executive director of a nonprofit before, so I mean I have some nonprofit experience. They're required to disclose their financials, and the IRS can make that public if such requests have been made, which they have in the case of True the Vote. So you can look at their financials online. And here's the really interesting part about that. First of all, they only have one employee. Okay, that's not illegal. It's not a crime to just have one employee. But they only have one employee, which is the founder, uh, a woman named Engelbrecht, who's from Texas. And she has been making a six-figure salary as the sole paid employee of True the Vote for many years now. Um, they rely on donations. Again, that's not illegal. I'm not saying it is. But folks are sending them money, and uh, she's the one who's making the most profit from these donations. She's also received loans from the organization in excess of six figures, which, according to Texas law, is illegal. Uh, but I'll leave it to Texas authorities to uh, investigate that or not as they see fit. Um, it certainly looks bad when you have an organization that loans money to the director, who's also the founder, because it clearly presents uh, a conflict of interest. But the main point I wanted to make is they don't have any paid staff. She doesn't have paid staff. She doesn't have any... Uh, staff that she supervises or pays. So the folks in the video that they're showing who act like they're part of True the Vote, um, they're just actors. They're just crisis actors that are paid to give you the impression that this is some kind of vast, high-tech, well-funded domestic surveillance organization or super spy, when in fact it's just one person who has agreed to partner with the maker of 2000 Mules, the filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza, in order to make more money from it. And so this is the whole point. This is simply a money-making scam. And the scam works like this. We're going to pretend to present you evidence, and in return, you will pay to watch us do it. Um, I don't know if there's anything, any federal or state laws that that violates. I'm not an attorney. Maybe there is, maybe there's not. But it's certainly unethical. It's definitely dishonest. And it's absolutely not what it claims to be. It's not a documentary. And True the Vote has not engaged, they have not, according to their financials, they've not paid anyone to conduct the kind of surveillance that the, the video shows. They don't have any, any contractors or subcontractors or staff who have the skills, capabilities, 
or equipment needed to carry out the type of activities that, they're, that are depicted in the video. So it's all a scam. I mean, it's 100% fiction. It's just something that the creators made because they want to make money. They want to sell. They want to get people to buy tickets. They want to get people to buy DVDs. They want to get people to buy the book. They want to get people to buy um, access to the streaming content online. And that's how they make money. And they want millions and millions of people to do it. And you know what? There's a chance that that may happen. They may indeed make millions of dollars from this video. Which, And that's the point. The point is profit. The point is not to tell the truth about the 2020 election. The truth about that is already known. All you have to do is watch the 1-6 committee hearing, which is available for free, by the way. You don't have to get behind. It's not hidden behind a paywall like 2,000 Mules is. You don't have to buy a ticket. You can just watch it. Um, so that's that's one of the things that's going on in the uh, arena of, web, of monetized disinformation. It's a big business. You know, P.T. Barnum said there's a sucker born every minute. And I think he may have to. We may have to revise that for for a certain demographic here in the United States that there's one born every second. Um, so I know that the video in full is not out yet, or it's been released in some theaters, uh, but the streaming access in the book aren't fully available yet. So I think that's that'll come around in August. So just look for that, and and look for the the folks that are that are still claiming that Donald Trump actually won the election are going to probably see a, a spike in their uh, online activities and their. Uh, their vocalizations and their claims will probably go up some, which is what the makers want, so they can make more money. Um, that's that's sort of the point of this. They don't care um, that they're spreading lies. They don't care that people who who believe their lies may may take actions that are harmful to themselves or others. They don't care about that. They don't care about any of it. They just care about making money. They want to be rich, and they want to lie to you to do it, and they want you to send them money uh, to make them rich. So that's that's who they are, and that is what they are. So just look for that uh, in the future. And I'm actually glad. I am. I'm really glad that someone, when I was uh, on talk radio, uh, either last week or week before last, I'm glad they asked about it. Because I didn't realize the extent of the fraud that this video uh, actually represents. And that, the, that it's just the tip of the iceberg in a nationwide effort to monetize disinformation by folks that are still repeating the lies that Donald Trump told about the 2020 election. There's another related aspect to that when, when there are folks who are still trying to weaponize uh, that misinformation by gaining access to political power. And there's over, by some counts, over 100 candidates nationwide who are running on platforms that uh, affirm the lies that Donald Trump told about the 2020 election. Now, and, and, I ha- and I'd like to thank my, my conservative friends for pointing out that, you know, nationwide, if you count local, county, state, federal, all of the offices that are that are up for grabs uh, in an election year, which 2022 is, there's well over 3,000 people at least, you know, run, different offices and multiple people running for those offices. And you've got 100 who are still parroting uh, the Trump line about the 2020 election. So I guess if you look at it that way, um, it's, it's not such a big number. And, and I, I will concede that point to them. But it's still troubling that anyone that anyone would still be repeating the, the type of lies that have been already exposed and, and discredited about 2020. And a, another thing that the uh, the, the 2000 Mules uh, video purports to do, it, it just shows actual ordinary election workers doing routine work. And then they play with the lighting, they add some creepy music, some ominous commentary, and all of a sudden you're, you're supposed to think that you're seeing a crime taking place. Um, it would be like watching somebody walk up to an ATM use their own bank card to make a withdrawal, walk away. 
okay, there's nothing to it. Well, then you change the lighting, you play, you add the ominous music, the creepy commentary, and now you're supposed to think that person just, just robbed someone. I mean, it's, it's really that silly. It really is. It's that silly. So I, I really don't know how folks can still be buying into this. Uh, but it's but it's making money, and it's going to make these people probably a lot of money, and it'll probably perpetuate the lies about 2020 and may even lead to uh, future acts of uh, political violence. And that's the, the second topic that I wanted to, to kind of talk about, which is related to that, because that sometimes is the motive for folks who engage in acts of political violence, like the uh, 1-6 attackers who, who stormed the Capitol on January 6, 2021, because they, they also believe the lie uh, that Donald Trump had won the 2020 election, and they tried to stop the certification of that election by physically breaking into the Capitol building and disrupting Congress. And I, and I hope all of them are prosecuted and, and put in prison for whatever sentence that the, the justice system will allow. But that's, um, that's a separate thing from other planned or uh, encouraged acts of political violence that are becoming, unfortunately, more common and one of the more high-profile examples comes from Missouri, and I don't know if folks uh, have been watching this or have seen this, but their former governor who resigned in order to avoid criminal charges uh, and has also been accused by his wife of abusing her and their children is former Navy SEAL Eric Greitens, who is running for U.S. Senate. And they recently released a video called uh, Rhino Hunting, or, or about Rhino Hunting, which stands for R-I-N-O, uh, Republican in name only. You know, I'm not a Republican, so ordinarily I would I don't pay too much attention to uh, Republican primaries. I don't I don't have a dog in that fight. Even here in Kentucky, uh, we have a closed primary, so I I can't vote um, for any candidates on the Republican side in the primary. So I, I sort of see that as an internal GOP matter, and I let them fight it out, and then we can we can see who the winner is and and go from there. But the Missouri case is more interesting because um, Mr. Greitens has a, a background as a special operator, as a Navy SEAL, and the campaign ad depicts him and a bunch of guys in uh, what we used to call battle rattle. I don't know if that's what they still call it. You know, full camouflage, body armor, automatic weapons, the whole deal, full battle rattle, uh, getting ready to break into a house that they say is occupied by uh, a rhino. And the, the message that he states is, you know, let's go rhino hunting. There's no limit on the number you can bag. And his response was that, well, it's just, you know, it's just political. It's just, um, it's making fun of uh, folks who are Republicans in name only. But it's not hard to see this as a, a veiled threat of violence against anyone who disagrees with your political position. And that is not something that Americans should tolerate uh, in any form, whether it's uh, Republican, Democrat, Independent, um, uh, any form that that should not be tolerated. My personal view is, I think this guy, and I'm talking about Greitens, I think this guy needs some help. I think he should he should drop out of the Senate race and go get some get some help, either counseling or, or, or mental health, because I think he needs it. I don't think he's well. I don't think he's a well individual. And uh, you know, the, the voters in Missouri can decide what they want the outcome of the uh, Republican Senate primary to be, and we'll wait and see what that is. But my view is this guy this guy doesn't isn't playing with a full deck, and he needs to be he needs to get some help because I, I see this guy as somebody who's going to end up eating a bullet or trying, you know, suicide by cop one day. And that would be a terrible thing for the community, for the country, for him. I don't want that to happen. Um, I just think he needs to get some help because he's, he's showing the indicators. You know, when you're fantasizing about violence and you're, you're willing to publicly talk about it, I, I see that as a, not as a political ad. I think that's a cry for help. 
So I think that's a cry for help, and, and I hope he gets some. And I, I certainly hope that the voters of Missouri uh, do not make him the Republican nominee for Senate because he doesn't need to be anywhere near any political office. That is not something that people who swore to uphold and defend the Constitution, I'm one of them, um, we do not fantasize about conducting military operations against American citizens. So if you think that's appealing or if you think that's funny, uh, then there is definitely something wrong with you and you do not uphold the values uh, of the United States military. And you do not uphold the values that we swore to protect and defend when we wore the uniform, whether you're active duty, regard, reserve, a veteran, doesn't matter. Um, that's not something, that's out of bounds. That's not something that we tolerate. It's certainly not something that we would tolerate from anyone who was still wearing uniform. And in fact, it's right on cue, the Department of Navy made a public statement making sure that people know that he's no longer part of the Navy. He's not in the reserves. Um, they're not affiliated with him in any way. And so that's the Navy's way of saying, we don't want to touch this guy. He has nothing to do with us. He doesn't represent our values. Um, you know, he may have had a good uh, service record in the past. I'm not saying he didn't, but I'm talking about his current actions and current uh, statements. And the, when we've already seen acts of actual violence taking place that was politically driven, and Buffalo was just one example, there are others. But it, what the last thing we need are folks who have actual military experience and run for office cheerleading more political violence in this country. We don't need that. That is something that I hope all folks, no matter which, no matter what your political persuasion is, um, I hope folks would see that as unacceptable and as a disqualifier for anyone who wants to hold public office. So we'll wait and see what happens in Missouri. I don't know, but I, I sure hope he loses. And uh, I hope any one of his opponents, in fact, there's actually a, a Marine, a U.S. former U.S. Marine who's running against him in the Republican primary. And he, he's made even more, uh, more direct statements. Um, he's basically called Greitner a criminal, a child abuser who should be in prison, not running for office. So he had a much more tougher stance on it than I do. I don't know. Uh, he's never been convicted of any actual crimes. He's been accused of a lot of things. Um, but I recognize that being accused and being proven guilty in a court is, uh, you know, those are two different things. But uh, we'll see what happens in, uh, in the Missouri race. It should be interesting. But the last thing we need are folks who are out there cheerleading for more uh, political violence. What we need is less. We need less of that. And by the way, I'm not trying to imply that it's only conservatives or Republicans or pro-MAGA people uh, of, of that political persuasion who are out there um, advocating or undertaking political violence. That's not the case. There have been um, pro-life clinics that have been targeted by pro-choice activists for violence, and, and I would categorize that exactly the same way. That's out of bounds. That should be unacceptable to the people in this country. So it isn't just conservatives that are doing it, and I'm not trying to say uh, that it is. But we have a growing political violence problem with people not only in groups not only seeking to undertake that, and the Idaho example is yet another, another instance where a group actually got organized and I think this group was called Patriot Front, and they had planned to initiate a riot, a violent riot against uh, an LGBT uh, either parade or event that was going on there in, uh, in Idaho. And the police actually, acting on a tip, arrested them before they had a chance to put their plans into effect. Um, and so there's many other examples out there, and you can see the connection between these is that they want to advocate or advance their political agenda by engaging in acts of violence 
either against their political opponents or in public. And if we remember, if we've learned anything from, you know, almost 20 years of of a, what we used to call the, the global war on terrorism, or GWAT, when I was on active duty, we called it GWAT. Um, what distinguishes terrorism from ordinary activism is a willingness willingness to use violence to achieve a political objective. So it doesn't matter if the group in question has a left-leaning or a right-leaning political agenda in terms of, of assessing their security threat. What distinguishes terrorist groups from ordinary activists is they're willing to conduct violence in order to further their cause. And that doesn't that isn't just limited to the most extreme forms of violence, which are you know suicide bombings or shootings. Um, it can also include physical assaults with blood objects or harassment. Um, different. There's all kinds of. There's a spectrum of violence out there. So you know, on the far end, you have groups that set off you know suicide bombs or, or use guns to to conduct mass shootings or target or threaten their opponents. But then there's also groups that want to use uh, whatever they can get their hands on. That's not not a firearm or a knife, but they're still they're still trying to harm, inflict physical injury on their intended target. So that's still an act of violence, even though it's not up to the level of what we would call a, you know, a military-grade attack or, or military-style weapons. And anyone on any spec- any part of that spectrum uh, is unacceptable. Uh, we have a political system here where we change power by voting. And it's all about persuasion. And yes, you can lie. If you can persuade enough people that your lies are true, you can win office. So in the short term... Um, that can certainly be a, a winning strategy for an individual or even a group of individuals who are seeking to gain access to elected office here in the United States. But in the long run, over time, and this is why Abraham Lincoln was right, that you know you can fool some of the people all the time, all the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. And so in the long run, it's a losing strategy. Lying to gain access to the corridors of power is a losing strategy in the long run because eventually, at some point, it's going to come out. The truth is going to come out, and then your support is going to collapse, and your career is going to be over. And if you use those lies to commit criminal acts, then you're going to be criminally liable uh, for your conduct, if not at least voted out of office in the next time or resign in disgrace, which also happens. And that's, that's, it's unfortunate to see that. Um, going on, and especially in such a widespread um, amount. But that's the world we live in today. So we need leaders and we need folks who will speak up and tell the truth uh, and set the record straight, which is why one of the reasons why I want to do this show today is to make a couple of points. First one being that the 2020 election was free and fair and Joe Biden won. The courts, the legislatures of the state, the majority of the American people have already accepted this and moved on. The folks that are still trying to make money off the lie that Donald Trump won should be ashamed of themselves. And that should be unacceptable conduct to the rest of the American people. And acts of political violence or threatening um, acts of political violence against your opponents is also unacceptable. That's not how we do things here in America, and I hope that people will, will see that and not support any candidates who advocate openly, as openly, especially as openly as Eric Grydens is. Um, and by the way, you know, I've had my friends ask me, well, what do you care if, you know, Republicans want to attack each other? Look, if you guys, if those guys are willing to carry out physical attacks or threaten 
physical attacks against their own members of their own party. You know, how long do you think it's going to be before they decide that it's okay to do the same thing for people who are on the other side of the aisle? Um, and, and that's the whole point of this is that once you go down that road where you, you support or you, you think that it's, it's justified to take a violent action against your political opponents, the day is not long away where someone's going to come for you uh, and they're going to come knocking at your door and, and they're going to want to do violence to you. So for me, it's a do unto others type of thing. Yes, we can have discussions. Yes, we can have heated arguments. Yes, we can disagree. Yes, we can see things in completely different from completely different perspectives and just maybe for the time being have to accept that there's a divide that can't be bridged. I accept that. That's all part of our, our system of governments. That's all part of uh, a democratic uh, election system. I can live with that. But when you, but when you authorize support, advocate, or promote uh, the rightness of violent action against your political enemies simply because they disagree with your political views. And that's what this is really about. Simply because they disagree with your political views. Then you have given license to someone else to commit violence against you uh, as soon as they decide that your political views are not to their liking. And so that affects, that has the potential to affect the entire system. And that's why it's not only bad for politics, um, it's bad for the United States of America. It's bad for our country. It's bad for the future. And so we don't need more of that. We need much less of that. So thanks for listening. I hope everybody has a great day and take care.